Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic. So join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is EJ and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Paranet Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and more. We will be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Now, you know, as in the work that I do, I often get to meet parents who would ask me a lot of very interesting questions. For example, EJ, why is it so hard to communicate with my children now that he or she is a teenager? My child, they used to tell me everything that happens in school, um, but now he or she is giving me only like monosyllabic answers like, um, ah, or worse, the silent treatment that every parent is really worried about. So for some parents, their teenagers are challenging them every time they speak, they talk, questioning them, talking back, and somehow that communication has become like a battle zone. Home seems to be really like that. It's like a wartime. You know, every time they communicate, they try to talk to each other. So if these parent-child tensions are what you are facing at home, take heart, parents, as you're tuning in, you are not alone. Today, in this episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we are here to unpack how parents can talk so that our teens will listen and have respectful dialogues and conversations together. Joining me on today's podcast is Yvonne, a mom of two, and here to share of her experience. So welcome, Yvonne, to our Parent Ed Podcast. It's so good to have you with us today. Thank you, EJ. Thank you so much for inviting me. Let's start off today's Parent Ed Podcast and you could just introduce yourself a little bit more about yourself, the work that you do, and a bit more about your family too, maybe? I'm Yvonne. I work in a local university. I've been working in universities for the past, I've been counting actually 12 years. So the bulk of my work is I look at workforce development. I develop young people so that they are ready to do their very best in the workplaces. I work with university professors. I work with industry partners as well. So I understand what the world requires our students to be equipped with. Mm. And I have two children, as what you mentioned. My son is 13. My daughter is 11, going on to 21. Because she speaks to me sometimes <laughs> like a 21-year-old. Yeah, so there's a lot of, hmm, a lot of patience, yeah, a lot of facilitation needed. Wow, yeah. you work with young people. Yeah. And on the home front, you parent to teenagers or tweens as they call it, you know, who, try to, who try to behave like uh, yes. young adults. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> okay, so I think Yvonne, you're really the right person that we want to speak with today on this topic. How to talk so that our teenagers will listen to us as parents. When a children becomes a teenager, there are a lot of changes that are happening physically. Mm. Facial hair, acne, yeah. especially girls yeah. are really concerned. Mm. Uh, I mean, boys are also very concerned yes. uh, about it. They pay a lot of attention to their grooming, personal mm. grooming and dressing as well. However, beyond just the physical changes that's happening externally, internally, there's also a lot of changes going on too. One common change is uh, the need for that sense of autonomy. Mm. Right, uh, independence and often creates those tension between mm. parents and the teenagers and it also impacts the way they communicate, they relate to each other uh, as well. Mm. So maybe before we dive deeper into this mm. whole topic, right, could you share with us in parenting your two children, 13 and 11 mm. years old, how would you describe your style of communication with mm. your children when they were, let's say when they were younger? 
First of all, I want to say that I'm not an expert. <laughs> I just would like to share what has worked for my children and for me because I always want to start with the end in mind. Mm. Because I work with so many young people and I understand that the world is really changing at a very fast pace and it's getting more and more complex and complicated. So the end in mind for me is that one day when my children become young adults or adults or when they have their own families, I still want to be that coach, that mentor and that friend to them. I envision myself and I told them many times, you know, when you go out to work, let's say you work at Raffles Place, mommy wants to have lunch with you and I don't want them to be embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> because they have been spotted with me sitting on the same table with them, chatting with them. So that's my end in mind. That's my goal. I want to be very honest that when I was growing up, there were things that I didn't want to tell my parents because I knew I would get scolded. I'll do things behind their backs. I mean, short of, I've never forged their signatures, but I'll be like, you know, I will do a lot of things and then I'll tell them actually at the end of the day. And I don't think that's a very healthy thing to do. And I don't want that to happen in my relationship with my children. So with that end in mind, I know that right now, or even when they were growing up, I actively want to preserve our relationships. And that is very important to me. So when they were growing up, I remembered there was once, they were six and four. We rushed back from childcare. I picked them up for childcare because they were so hungry. So I cooked them something. I remember it was, I think, bihun soup or something I do with fish balls. In my rush to bring the pot to the dining table, everything spilled. Everything spilled. I, I, till today, I can remember you know, the noodles were, yeah, the, the, the bihun, the noodles, whatever was on the chair and on the floor. And the two of them looked at me and I looked at them and I was like, I was hungry. They were hungry. I was frustrated. There were lots of chores to do. I was up to here, you know, and I remembered that I said this to them. Mommy is really not ready to talk now. I need a break. Yeah. Can I leave you here for a while? I really need a break. I'll come back to you. So I gave them, I think, a few packets of Meiji crackers. And you know, in my house, like, oh, yeah, you're hungry, but you want <laughs> nothing will happen to you if you eat Meiji crackers that night for dinner. Yeah. So I just gave them a few Meiji crackers. I say, please eat first. Yeah, there's water. There's a water dispenser. They know how to get the water. I really need a break. I told them a few times, I'm not ready to talk. I need a break. I remember going to my bedroom and I was sitting there. I was like, oh my goodness. I'm hungry. I'm tired. It's a long day at work. I have a mess to clean up. I think it was about 15, 20 minutes I came out. And then I remember my son asked me, are you okay? Are you ready to talk now? And he said this, can we help in any way? I thought that was so heartwarming. I said to him, I think it's okay. I'll clean up. Yeah, I think today we just eat Meiji crackers. Okay, is that okay with you? The daughter was like, uh, yeah, can. Can we use sticky milk with it as well? Which is the condensed milk. And it's a luxury at home because uh, I don't allow them to eat so much of sticky milk. And that actually set the pace for the relationship. So actually, since the incident, right, sometimes they are very upset and they won't want to talk, even at their young ages. And it's the same sentence I'll use with them. I said, uh, is everything okay? Are you ready to talk? And they will tell me no. And I learned to not take it personally. Okay, you're not ready to talk. Ken, um, I'll come back later. Maybe we can talk later. And because the two of them are very different, I really am parenting children on the opposite spectrums. I look at them with two Ps. <laughs> yeah, they both have different paces and priorities. One of them is you really need to give him time to process. For example, even since young, right? I would say, okay, we're going for dinner tonight. We're going for dinner outside. Yeah, what would you want to eat? And he won't be able to tell me what he wants to eat. But I will say that I learned that his pace is really, he just needs time to process and think. So I learned that uh, we're going for dinner in about three hours time. Okay, it's four o'clock now. We'll probably leave at 6.30. I have to give him the timing. And you know, we'll probably reach the place at seven. By then you should have an answer for me. Okay, yeah. But the other one is like, no, I'll tell you now and I'll tell you what I want for a dessert. And then I'll tell you that, okay, there are other things I want to do after dinner and dessert. 
the pace is a lot faster. And for the other one, the priority is also very different. For him, it's like, it's my tasks, it's my Lego, I want to spend time by myself. I'm very comfortable in my world. And I just like it like that, I like to read. Yeah, that's my priority. The other one, the priority is, no, she loves human beings. She loves to suck the energy out of other people, you know. She just loves to go out. And the more crowded, the merrier. So they're very different. And with that in mind, yeah, I've also learned that when I speak to them, even since young, right, I can ask my daughter one sentence and she will give me like 20 sentences back. For my son, there's a lot more facilitation to do. Like, uh, oh, how was your day today? Ah, and he'll be like, fine. I'm like, oh, I see. What's fine about it? Yeah, what did you have for recess? Uh, did you play something different for recess? I'll be honest that it's a bit tiring because at my work, I already do a lot of facilitation, right? So for sometimes in the past, I learned that before I go home, I need to rejuvenate a little. It could be decompressing for 20 minutes, for example, or even telling myself, sometimes when there's no time to decompress, it's telling myself before I step into the home, right? Okay, it's time with my children and I want to make it count. Mm. I will step in and I will tell myself that, okay, it's time to spend time with my children. Mm. It could be even and may not be the healthiest, but it could be for a long, long while, I must have a coffee at 6 p.m. If not, at home, yeah, I'll be really tired or the bedtime stories will have no sequence. <laughs> Okay, come on, what's the point of time? And then, okay, the end, let's go to bed, you know, woohoo! Yeah. So, that's um, certain. I learned that I need to take care of myself first before I can really communicate well with them. Yeah, if not, there'll be a lot of frustrations. And it's not because I don't love them, it's because I'm really quite tired. I'm really very tired after a whole day at work. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I know it's a lot of things that have shared the paces, the priorities, and there's a lot of respect that I give them, I learned. There's a lot of space that I give them as well. And I give them the space to tell me that I'm not ready to talk. And it's okay. Because sometimes, some things could have happened in school. They're still trying to process. Especially for some children, they want to decompress even before they come and speak with you. I'm parenting an introvert and an extrovert. So to understand my introvert better, I went to read um, Dr. Susan Cain's book, The Power of Introverts. And then I learned, oh my gosh, I've been parenting him. Not in the most <laughs> appropriate way for the longest time. Yeah, the moment he comes home, hey Gabe, how's everything? How are you? And then he's like, whoa, that's actually very overwhelming for him. Yes. But for my daughter, it's different. She would decompress by just telling me all about her day from the beginning to the end, which friend cried, yeah, which friend fell down in the, yeah. you know, during recess. And that's her way of communicating and connecting with me. So I think those communication styles never really changed yeah. since young. But as they now grow into, I would say, young adults, then I'm a lot more respectful of their space. Wow, thanks for sharing, Yvonne. As I hear you share, and, and you share with such great enthusiasm, <laughs> having that lived experience, going through all the trial and errors, probably. What I hear is really that there's this whole art and science of just communicating. Yes. And, you, and you're not growing, <laughs> communicating with a child who is like just stagnant there in development. It's growing. So as the child grows, uh, what I hear from you is also that you are also growing yes. in your learning. Talk a lot about having the end in mind, what you hope to achieve, yes. you know, in that long run relationship mm. with your child, what you hope to achieve. And that also is related to your journey of growing up, you mm. know, uh, your own experience with your parent. Yes. Uh, so the good and the not so good probably. <laughs> and you want to make it right uh, in your communication yes. with your children. Right. And I think a lot of our listeners can relate with the fact that you said that you know, different child, their personality are so different. And you got to find what makes it tick mm. with them. 
Yes. All right, a certain approach that works with the more introverted nature child <laughs> and uh, the one that works with a more extroverted yes. nature. You know, so I really appreciate hearing that from you that you're being so intentional mm. as a parent, despite being a working mom, you're so mm. tired out by the end of the day, mm. you have so many things to handle, but mm. you make every ounce of effort count you know, with your child. And I think for all of us listeners, being a parent myself, I think that is so hard having to juggle workload, mm. caregiving for family members, mm. but I think we can all agree that these are investments mm. with our children that will bring forth hopefully very long run fulfilling mm. investment results the uh, end in mind the, the end yes. in mind right so i wonder you know just on that note you know so now your teen your, your children mm. are all grown up they're teenagers mm. right now how's it going for you in your in like communication with them you talk a little bit about being respectful yes how's it holding up well with them it's been good but i realized i have to be even more intentional in entering their space so when i mentioned i give them space right they mm. can tell me that i'm not ready to talk i'm very tired or when the monosyllabic words come out i know that okay not the right right time so I give them the time and the space to process because they are growing up in this stage of their lives I have to be very intentional about sharing their space as well what do I mean so I learned that I need to sit beside my son so he could be watching a TV show or he could be playing games and I think I've said probably to you EJ before that I'm not a big fan of games but I learned that when he plays games he speaks with me. The two of us will be holding a control and I'm really quite bad in the game that he loves. And I'm like, oh no, please help me. And he's like, oh yeah, don't worry mom. You know, voice breaking, right? Don't worry mom, let me help you. Yeah, <laughs> this is the button you press. Then I'm like, oh. So we will play for about 15, 20 minutes. Then he will start talking. And I'm like, whoa, woohoo, you know, you have to grab that opportunity and then start chatting with him. I realized that sometimes maybe because they're growing up, they find it very, maybe very confrontational and very uncomfortable to look at you intensely in the eyeballs and like talk. Some of us, we're like, no, you must look at me and then we feel connected. I think for them, they're like, no, if there is something that they can hide behind, yet still share certain things with you, they will love it. And I also have, I would say, I've identified certain opportunities where he's open. For example, he will share a joke with me like via WhatsApp. Or he'll be like, hey, Ma, you must watch this video. It's really quite funny. And I'm like, oh, then I will really watch and I will actually discuss with him about it. Say, hey, how come like that? Huh? Yeah, this is such a funny joke. We must share this with the rest of the family. So I, I learned to write on the opportunities that he's given me to connect with him. I think that is very, very precious to me. Yeah, so I intentionally go into their spaces. I also realized that um, it's, it's very important not to get personal with them. Meaning, so there are really moments where they, for example, I remember that, um, that was actually during the circuit breaker, if I'm not wrong, or the home-based learning period. It's happened a few times more. So my daughter needed to record something on Zoom. It's like a video recording presentation. So the first one didn't work. And she didn't ask me for help. So by the time the deadline was looming, right? And then suddenly I found her crying in the room. She's crying, crying, crying. And then she said she needed some help. And I'm like, I am here to help, you know, I'm here to help. But then what I found out was she, she actually spent one whole hour sitting there crying because she felt so sad that her initial efforts were wasted. So instead of telling her, hey, you snap out of it, huh? you know, 11.59, we have to hand up. If not, you cannot submit anymore on Google, you know, Google Docs, right? I actually allowed her to cry. She really cried. I was listening and I was like, really, to be honest, a whole chunk of me was like, hey, come on, <laughs> stop crying. We need to get to work. But I just allowed her. Then when I started hearing the sobs, 
It's like, it's like, okay, she's starting to calm down, right? And I'm like, okay, um, is there something I can do to help? I think my computer can do, maybe there's more RAM space. I'm trying to tell her that, why don't we change the computer? It could be the computer's fault. And she was very insistent that it's not. I said, maybe we try mine. Yeah, I have an upgraded version of Zoom. Maybe we, we should try mine. So the moment we went to it, right? So we spent another hour on it. And then instead of saying, I told you so, right? I told you already my computer better, right? I was holding back. I was like, okay, then let's focus on the task. At the end of the day, we recorded, she submitted, she uploaded, you know, all kinds of things. And we tested and made sure everything went up, right? And she turned to me and said, uh, thank you, mommy, for helping me with the video. I really shouldn't have cried. I'm like, yeah, I understand that was very frustrating. I was very tired. <laughs> By then, I was like, oh my gosh, no. My eyes were like, you know, going to fall. <laughs> my eyelids were really, really, really heavy. But I was like, I think next time, it's okay. And then there are certain sentences in the family that we repeat ever since they were young. So I remember saying something to her to the effect of, in this family, we help one another. In this family, it's okay to ask for help. In this family, if I can't do it, somebody else in the family can do it and help you. It's really okay to ask for help. In fact, I also prepare another set of sentences. If she cannot upload in time, I will say, it's okay. What's the worst can happen? Explain to the teacher, maybe we can upload again. Yeah, nothing is finite, you know? Yeah, because I want to, in some sense, normalize failures. It's like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Let's try it again. It's really, really okay. I realized that I respected her instead of coming into, because honestly, that was my natural reaction. I was like, ah! <gasps> You know, like, oh my goodness, you know, because I clearly could see the solution, right? But that was the respect that I wanted to give them. You know, I was like secretly sniggering away quietly, <laughs> hopefully, when Yvonne was sharing because I really, I think all the parents listening out there can can really connect with this point that, you know, a lot of times when we want, uh, you know, you mentioned smart, we want our kids to uh, relate to us, you know, talk to us. It starts with us learning to listen to them. It starts with us learning how to connect with them. In that process, us parents have got to learn to hold our tongue, you know. <laughs> yes. And all things cannot sit with the bite of the tongue. Bite, bite the tongue, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Correct, right? Yes. You know, because very often if we don't, the first few words that comes out often can sound very accusational, can be very nagging, yes. can be like very instructional, yes. I'm ordering, bossing you around. Yet, these things, while we have every good intentions in our hearts, but when it comes across to the child, it may build a wall. And subsequently, they may feel worse, they may feel bad, and mm -hmm. then they stop relating yes. uh, to us. So I really love your point when it talks about making effort to build that bridge mm. of connection mm. before we try to make any form of like instructions or yes. corrections with them. Because these connections are very have mm. very powerful long-term healthy Absolutely. impacts on mm. our relationship right so well, today we're talking a lot about communication styles and approaches yes. but we cannot dissociate it from our relationship mm. with our children yes. right so so really okay let, let's get down to really the more practical aspects mm. of it because i'm sure all the listeners on our podcast are concerned about specific scenarios that mm. are happening at home you know so for example yvonne if one scenario we're just popping this scenario up mm. and if your son says to you why do i have to to wash the dishes all right uh you know my friends uh, all of them don't have to do chores i don't know maybe they have a dishwashing machine they just chuck it mm. in you know why do i have to do all the dishes how would you like respond usually i will check on them you know their emotional states i'll be like is everything okay you sound very frustrated did something happen or are you very tired can i help you in any way mm -hmm. i usually offer my help and my support so i will usually want to empathize with them first because I do know that we, all of us are managing different challenges. Sometimes it's really unseen. 
it could be that he's worried about homework or something happened or there's something that's going to happen in that week that he's not looking forward to. And it's all that pent-up frustrations and worries and fears that is very unseen. So I usually will start with like, yeah, is everything okay? Can I help you? Um, I understand you may not want to wash the dishes now, but I do really appreciate the help. Is it okay that you help me now or later? Can we work something out? That's what I would usually do. Wow. So while the issue might be the chore that mm. is on hand, but mm. you do see that there might be what we call like some underlying mm. uh, concerns mm. uh, no, that's causing a specific reaction right. or behavior from You're your right. child. So you want to address that. You want to meet mm. that particular need the child is needing. In okay. some sense, I believe a lot in serving our children. Mm. Being there to, to serve them, to bless them, to, to help them. Because I know it's really not an easy world that they are in. Let's try another mm. scenario. This time, because you have a daughter as well, right? So now your daughter comes home and this is uh, maybe more on the social mm. aspect yeah? and complains to you, you know, oh, mommy, you know, like uh, all my friends are playing this latest handphone mm. game and I'm the only one who doesn't play because you don't allow me to play <laughs> you know, and my friends are all ostracizing me. I'm being left out of the recess conversation. Mm. All right, it's all your fault. You know? So wow. How would you communicate with her to get her to listen to you? In this sense. Interestingly, something similar has happened already. Mm. When she first came to me, it was after school and she was really quite pent up. So she blah, 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 in front of me and I'm like, oh, tell me what's so interesting about this game. I just wanted to divert the attention and the energy a little. Mm. So she shared a lot more because I knew she was so heightened and so upset that if I want to say something sensible to her, it's not going to go in. Okay. So I actually asked her, tell me what's so interesting about this game. Yeah. Hey, why so many people are playing? What's the name of this game? So I just wanted to be very factual about it first. So she described, oh, sounds very interesting. Sounds like what I used to play last time as well. So I just wanted to manage her at that very factual level. And then that night I remembered, because she and I, we have very nice conversations and she's the most receptive to me before bedtime. And our bedtime routine involves me scratching her back, talking to her about day. That's when I use that period to process. Like why is it that she's not allowed to have a smartphone now? Yeah, why is it that maybe this game may not be the healthiest? Uh, if she wants to play a game, can we find other alternatives and maybe other things to play with? I like that strategy. That's a strategy I would pick it up for myself. <laughs> Diversion, <laughs> talk about the factual mm. things. Again, connecting at a level with the topic that they're interested mm. in, connecting with uh, at their emotional level at this point. Mm. I mean, it's always easy, right? You know, if this specific scenario comes up, it's always mm. easy for parents to jump in and attack head-on with mm. that issue. You know, why are you so rude? Why and commenting on your child's behavior, so forth and so on. But yet, what I'm hearing from you is that, that flowing with where they are meeting uh, our children at, at their point of need and mm. slowly from there as you engage you try to bring down the emotions mm. not so angry and yes. then at a level where you can really have a heart-to-heart -heart kind yes. of conversation Yvonne I just want to ask you this mm. as we talk here you know it sounds like a really a scenario that we're posing and it sounds like it's so easy right to mm. resolve in a, in a, in a few <gasps> sentences yes. but that's hardly not there at all. right not <laughs> at all. <laughs> help yes. us understand it's definitely not a once-off kind of uh, conversation but it takes time it takes duration I, I think there are certain principles i hold dearly yeah it mm. takes a lot of time it takes really literally a lot of biting our lips but i remember the three c's mm. <gasps> yeah i always tell myself to stay calm calm yeah the first c is calm the second is i always remind myself that i need to connect before i correct in some sense connection the, yeah important. so staying calm 
connect first before I correct. I know it sounds very easy, it's like a formula, but it's a lot of practices that, you know, there are moments I've lost it. Okay, there are moments it's, I flared up, I've um, reacted. And when I realize I've done that, I always apologize. I actually give my children the permission to call me out. Yes, I've given them the permission to call me out. Like recently something happened and my son was like, you told us not to do it and you're doing it now. And I apologize. I say, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. That wasn't very appropriate. It's true. And uh, every few months where I bring them out, just me and the two kids for lunch and all, I will ask them, so, you know, how have I been as a mom? Is there something you want me to do more or do less? How have I been as a mom? Is there something you want me to do more or less? Three questions. Those three questions can open up <laughs> a lot of yeah, points of discussions. The principle in my mind is I'm the adult. I cannot and should not react. I should always stay calm. And after I'm calm, I connect, then I correct. But mm. yes, EJ, there have been many moments I lost it. <laughs> totally. But um, I, I sincerely believe in the power of apologies, especially mm. when it's sincere. The children really forgive. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we are all work in progress, right? Absolutely. As parents, there's no perfect parenting. Mm. We are all growing, learning mm. together. And that's why such podcast is important where we all learn, listen and learn uh, from everyday parents. The three C's that Yvonne has mentioned is so appropriate for all of us. If we really want our children to listen to us, I think first it requires us to become mm. disposition in our conversation mm. with them, to connect with them, all right? Before we even try to correct. Now, I think the correction can come later, not mm. that it's not important. Mm. It can come after we learn to connect with them. I really love, I'll, I'll add a fourth C because I, I heard that in what Yvonne mentioned that every few months she does check in, uh, mm. checking in with uh, the children. I think that checking in helps our children to realize that mommy and daddy are also human mm. beings. And then every conversation that they try to have with us is not always just about them, about the mm. academics, but it's also an opportunity for us to share with them our own journey as mm. parents too. Absolutely. Right? So, wow, you know, we have heard nuggets of wisdom from Yvonne today. I'm so thankful that she's on this episode of the Paranet Podcast. As we wrap up this episode, Yvonne, do you have any words of inspiration or advice for all listeners as we close off today's sharing? Maybe I'll add a fifth C. Okay, that, cool. Uh, <laughs> Five that, Cs. All yeah, right. that um, again, let's go back to the end in mind. If you want to be that coach to mm. our children for the rest of their lives, I think we need to start now. Mm. We can invest and build the relationships that we have with them. And for that to happen, the communication must happen, the, the relationship must be in place. I really, really envision that all of us can one day have lunches with our children when they are working adults and they will consult us, another C, <laughs> consult us on yeah, the highs you know, and the lows, the ups and downs in their lives, and they will not do things behind our backs. And for that to happen, it must start now. So five Cs we have all heard from Yvonne today, being a calm parent, mm -hmm. learning to connect before we move on to the third C of the correction. Yes. And then checking in yes. with our children, how they are, how are we doing as parents. And the fifth C is being yeah. a coach all right, to our children. So that's really important. And I hope all the parents, as you are listening in, you have benefited from today's sharing. Like again, I say we are not experts here. Yes. We are just everyday parents learning in our journey. And we hope that in this episode, you have learned much in practical ways too. Remember what Yvonne has shared with us that it's about coming back to the foundation, mm. building that relationship mm. uh, with our children first and foremost. So I hope all of us, we have gained practical tips, insights and benefited much from today's episode of our podcast. And I hope you will feel more confident as you engage and talk with our children so that our children will really listen to us as we make effort to share with them. So remember parents, don't stop listening because even though your teen is unlikely to admit it, 
they still need and want us in their lives. Definitely. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Paranet podcast today. A shout out also for those of us who have teenage daughters. You will be happy to know that our signature event at Focus on the Family Singapore called Date With Dad is back after a two years a little break that we had because of the pandemic. Date With Dad is going to happen on the 12th of November. Fathers will have a unique opportunity to invite their daughters to an unforgettable date to celebrate their teenage daughter's milestone and journey to become a confident young woman. For more details on Date With Dad, you may head over to family.org.sg slash date with dad. And for all the parent listeners out there, if you're looking for more parenting resources, do check out our website at family.org.sg. We hope that you can share this podcast with a friend or fellow parent who might find the information very useful and beneficial as well. So be sure to catch us on our next ParentNet podcast. Until next time, have a great week with your family. Mm -hmm.